You know, a few years back when I was thinking of starting this podcast, I was reflecting on how in life I get to have amazing conversations with lots of different people. And I thought if only I could have some of those recorded, it might be worth listening to. Now, sometimes in an interview, things come pretty close to a sort of unguarded, raw realness of two people simply listening and learning from each other. What follows is one of those. It's probably easiest for me to do this with my dad. And so as we close out this month's discipline topic of prayer, I'm with Richard Foster answering some of your questions. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Run of Our Weekly Podcast. Well, Dad, we get to do a podcast on prayer. Uh-huh. And, and, and you know, I, I feel a little like a mosquito oh. in a nudist colony. Nudist colony. <laughs> 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 I, I know what to do. I just don't know where to begin. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, where'd you get that? Because you, you usually, or you reference that on the prayer book, right? That was Bill Voswig. He, uh, we were at George Fox, and the chaplain guy, I'd had him come to speak at Newburgh Friends, and I'd arranged for him to speak in the chapel, but the chaplain had double booked, so there were two people, some guy, a violinist, and then Bill. And I said, oh, Bill was going, oh, well, you all just go on. Well, no, no. And Anyway, he's he's telling he's saying that he thinks he could get us both in. Okay. All right. So we go up there and the violinist person is quite, you know, good and and he's going on and I'm watching the time and I'm going there's no way and of course Bill is adjusting what he was going to say and changing in his mind mm-hmm. constantly. And he told me later that he was about ready to quote that. uh, You probably wouldn't even know it uh, about the old violin and trying to see if he knew it by memory. But more and more, the time got to where there was, I don't know, just a few minutes, a couple minutes. And you know how those college chapels, nobody's going to stick around. Right. You, it's the, the golden rule. You you end on time, right? You end on time. So they introduced him, you know, with whatever it was, three minutes to speak. So he got up there and he told that joke. And uh, I'll tell you, the it, people just roared. <laughs> it. He dismissed it. I mean, maybe he said a couple of words about, you know, God is good to us or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought, oh, man, what a way to diffuse the situation. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that in the prayer book, didn't you? Did I? Did I you don't remember. Ever, I just heard you speaking on that. You said- I, may, I may well have. It's a great come on to the issue of prayer because uh, in terms of the field, so vast and wonderful, you just don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. And it's just <laughs> the image, you know, a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. You just call him. He is such a 
such a fun image. <laughs> <laughs> we've got questions. That we, sounds great. Yeah, we've got. Oh. Yes. Can I just say that uh, in dealing with the subject of prayer, one of the biggest dangers Please. is to talk about it and not do it. Mm. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. Before we go to the questions, I just could you give us just a little sense of these three categories that you kind of begin to frame different types of prayer in? The moving inward, moving upward, and moving outward. Uh-huh. Could you say a word on those? Yes. Moving inward is working on human transformation okay of the of the soul of the uh, uh, person and uh see in in the just a quick definition i mean prayer is that interactive relationship we have with god and it does a number of things and one of them uh, one of the goals of this is that in becoming the friend of God, we are changed. We can't hold self-centeredness and, and keep moving in, keep praying. It changes us. So always there is the work of forming the heart. I mean, that God is doing this, forming the heart so that we can stand the presence of God and become God's friend. Moving upward moves into, um, I don't know exactly how to contrast it, but uh, intimacy that, uh, uh, that moves toward the classic term is union with God. Mm -hmm. We're getting out the dirt in the first movement, moving inward. We're trying to bring in the the purity that's the movement upward and then the movement outward uh, is emphasizing the fact that uh, prayer is not just me and God it, it it leads into relationship with other people mm -hmm. uh, caring about other people asking God to care about other people uh, and and so it has a whole social dimension that uh, yeah. that is important. And, and what would you say then to someone who now feels very anxious and overwhelmed, that there's all these different ways to pray, and, oh. and what do I do with that? Do I go inward, <laughs> upward, outward, roundabout? Yeah, R remember, <laughs> it's, it's only uh, confusing or difficult in analysis. In the actual experience, it's like any human relationship. I mean, not like it isn't the same thing, but it that's a good analogy. Mm -hmm. There's just the give and take of a human relationship. And like I mentioned one time that I 
I wasn't going to pray until I got all my <laughs> motives pure yeah. and how that defeated prayer. And I was just quickly looking up before we got together. Uh, it's, I call it a simple prayer. And it's from this little Prayers from the Heart, which was a companion book. Mm -hmm. And let me just read this, just to help people get some sense that, you know, we just come who we are. It says, I am, O oh God, a jumbled mass of motives. One moment I'm adoring you, and the next I'm shaking my fist at you. I vacillate between mounting hope and deepening despair. I am full of faith and full of doubt. I want the best for others and am jealous when they get it. Even so, God, I will not run from your presence, nor will I pretend to be what I am not. Thank you for accepting me with all my contradictions. Amen. So that helps to underscore that you don't have to get things straightened out. You don't have to worry about you know, all of these different approaches to prayer, you just come. Mm. And you're learning just like, what? Just like a little child is learning uh, to develop relationship with parents mm -hmm. uh, and, and other children, uh, other relationships. So uh, that, it, that's how prayer is. And And there's all these different, tools, resources, things to learn. It, but the point is just to begin and stay just engaged. Begin. Just and, the conversation. One of the reasons I love, maybe many uh, of those who are listening to this wouldn't even remember it, but uh, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, the musical. Oh, of course. And, and the way Teviar is bringing prayer into just what he does, you know, and his frustration that the horse gets lame and and then that lovely song, If I Were a Rich Man, mm -hmm. he's complaining to God and, you know, all of the, and I think, yes, yeah, so human, so uh, bringing prayer right into the course of whatever he had to deal with. Yeah. And that's the idea. Yeah. We can complicate this. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> if, if, uh, if for those who like things difficult, we can make it complicated, but it doesn't need to be. <laughs> and it's not intended to be. It's intended to be a living, loving relationship. Yeah. Yeah. As time goes on through the years, I find that I use less words actually, and more sitting in the presence of God and just being still. Mm -hmm. The idea of prayer is not to get some kind of answer that I want, though that does, that is part of it, but right. it's becoming the friend of God, becoming the kind of person that can be the friend of God that can stand. That's why uh, whoever said it, that the fires of 
heaven or hotter than the fires of hell. <laughs> you know when you, you, you go to a restaurant and you see this older couple uh-huh. eating together and, and they're not talking. They're not talking. That's but they right. don't need to. Yeah, yeah. You know. you've, you've probably said pretty much everything you need to say. <laughs> And probably a lot more. (laughs) But of course, not like a passive relational disconnect, but this like, I'm right here with you. We're smiling. Enjoying your presence. uh, Enjoying being with each other. Now, you know, I think I'm a long, long, long ways from that kind of stuff, but that's, that's the idea, and it gives a, a pretty good image, I think, of what we really are looking for in a life, a life of prayer, not, not prayer that, I, I think it was our friend Dallas that talked about the spigot that you can turn on and off. It's not like that. It's a constant flow. Uh, the river, that's why I like the image of, the river of living water, because you don't, you don't, you know, turn it off. Right. The raw water flows even at nighttime when nobody can watch it. It's still flowing. <laughs> <laughs> so. I find sometimes I pray when I sleep and I don't know yeah. what to do. That sounds yeah. so weird to say, but I wake up knowing I was. That you'd been in. I think that's. Uh, the, uh, those who have the gale, the wind of the Holy Spirit, go forward even in sleep. Mm. I think that's Thomas Akempis. Much better than to wake up uh, with an anxiety dream. <laughs> well, I, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but I did. I had one the other day. Yeah, I did the, too. Well. I mean, I actually did have an anxiety the other day, but I woke up with one where the prayer, that um, instrument of peace. That, yeah, make me an Saint instrument Francis. of St. Francis. It was like I dreamed that for like, I don't know, yeah. about like hours, and I woke up just really, and, and I, I don't know, it was neat. And yeah, yeah. It made up for the anxiety dream the night before. Right. That's <laughs> one of the reasons I've uh, not, I don't do it too often, but... I have this little, uh, it's on the iPad. Uh, uh, it's just the instrumental music of old hymns. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, I pretty much know the hymns by heart, the words. So I'm falling asleep with that music, which is drawing to me those kind of words. There was one, it was the old rock of ages uh and there was a phrase in there about uh cleansing it had it had the idea of cleansing of forgiving bringing forgiveness to the heart and cleansing the heart make it pure cleanse my heart and make it pure and that's the double idea of justification sanctification Hmm. and these old songwriters had those kind of images in the in their words and so uh, and but it's a it's a very gentle thing so I, it doesn't keep me awake i just go to sleep but i'm hoping that 
it's helpful to even the subconscious mind. Yeah, something will stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm for that. I can use all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready for a question? Yeah, sure. Okay, and this one, this comes from Viv. And, and, and it says, I hope this is not too personal of a question. Okay. Now, I think I know Viv. And I think I know her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I know her well enough to know that I would expect nothing less than a personal question from her. Oh, okay. (laughs) So here goes. Uh, Are there inner narratives that seem to characterize seasons of your life that lead you to abandon prayer? So So maybe we could think of, are there times through the years where You'll move away from prayer, and is there a certain narrative that is driving that? It's a tough one, isn't it? Let's keep thinking on that one and go to another question, see if something, something pops. Yep, that's yep. a good idea. Well, let's let the follow-up on that is, oh. um, are there exercises that have trained you to draw you back into prayer? I'll think on it, see if something comes up. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. That, yeah. that okay. works. That's a good question. Yeah. It, is, it is good. It is yeah. good. These are thoughtful people that, you know, I mean, I almost want to answer the question by asking another question. <laughs> you know, tell me, you teach me how this works. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's good. I mean, I, I, I would suspect I bet There's history would, behind the question. Yeah. This person would have things to teach us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about this one? And this one comes from Doug and Jan. And okay. the question is, we struggle with our petitionary prayers for ourselves, wondering whether they're being answered, go through certain dry spells, as C.S. Lewis calls them. So then how do we sustain our prayer life and discern whether or not God is listening? Well, first, we, we can, as an affirmation of faith, that God is listening. Okay. Uh, and the knowledge that God is listening is a reality of who God is, not does this prayer get answered, this petitionary prayer. We petition knowing that often our perception of what is needed is skewed. And so we're patient with our petition that God may be teaching us to adjust the petition. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, you know, sometimes the petitions we ask, it would make our lives a mess if we were to get it the way we ask it. (laughs) So we have to uh, be patient with our own petitions for God to teach the heart. Uh, Sometimes there's wonderful uh, answers to petition that uh, we just rejoice and remember that God is good. Other times that doesn't happen and we continue the uh, 
scripture ask and you will receive the it's it's a, a continuous present ask and keep on asking mm-hmm. uh, knock and continue knocking seek and continue seeking so we keep on now uh, as God adjusts our prayers you know our asking uh, will change and that's part of that first movement in which the desires the human instincts uh, the the habit patterns are gently changed and transformed uh, into more and more uh, the one time I, I'm thinking of this missionary uh, person this was on the American frontier mission to the Indians and so on who was uh, just so tired of eating I can't remember what it was you know maybe Tonka you know uh, buffalo meat and and just wanted something different and prayed that the next meal uh, would be something he would really enjoy and uh, when the next meal came he really enjoyed the Tonka meat (laughs) (laughs) so it was a changing of his desires <laughs> right, right. It was it was answered. <laughs> yeah, it was answered, but not the way he had hoped it would be. Yeah. We want chocolate and <laughs> You know, I, I thought you were gonna say he then didn't eat for a week. So when yeah, he had right. the food he really enjoyed it. <laughs> you want to enjoy it? Okay. Yeah. Fast right. for a week. You don't eat for a week and then you're gonna enjoy <laughs> leather. <laughs> So, so the pieces I'm hearing in this is one, just kind of an act of faith, a kind of, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to ask, I'm going to stay engaged in that posture, then also learning about the, the requests become teaching points for us of, uh, and we adjust that and we kind of learn about ourselves, we learn about God, we learn about our desires. Um, right. That. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to add to it something that just, right. in, in one sense for me, oh, this is going to sound weird, so you're going to have to, you're going to, have to <laughs> see if you can make any sense out of it. It's none of my business. Oh, that's good. No, that's really right. Is that? Yeah. To say I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm asking, I'm moving in faith, but then I kind of let it, you I know, there's some issues I don't because I'm, you know, really, right. Right. But a lot of them, it just, it's right. not my concern. Right. I don't know. There was a fellow that, uh, he was known for a healing ministry. Mm-hmm. And he goes up, uh, there was someone uh, uh, dying in the hospital. And he goes up to the hospital thinking, oh, uh, this will be a easy one. I'm going to, you know, pray for his healing. And when he gets there and he goes to the room, the person is uh, asleep. And instead of waking him, he goes to the foot of the bed, kneels down, and prays the prayer for guidance. Lord, what do you want me to pray? Okay. And the sense was, don't pray for him at all. Hmm. 
just talk with him. So he sits down in the chair and and uh, gently wakes the guy and says, George, I just came to talk with you. And he said, oh, I'm so glad. People have been coming in all day long, plopping their hands on me, trying to get me well. And I just want to go home and be with the Father. And I was just hoping somebody would come and talk with me. Mm. That's the gift of presence. And it changes. See, his his kind of ego-driven, mm. I'm the great healer, uh, gets changed yeah. yeah. to I learn to be with people. That's a good story. The, the guy's ready to die. Yeah. Please don't pray for my healing. <laughs> I just want to go home and be with the Father. So way. can we talk <laughs> before <Yeah>. I go? <laughs> <laughs> I'd sure like to have somebody just talk about baseball or something. <laughs> I like that. Okay, ready for another one? Yep. These are always good because, you know, who knows? We're all just learning and we help each other. So questions like this are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm are. still thinking about the first one. I don't know that I have a, a good answer yet. Yeah. But go well, ahead. Just let it sit. It's all right. That does, that does bring up the, the fact that uh, we don't have to fake it and pretend that we know when we don't know. Right, right. And that's okay. And God's okay with that. Yep. It might mess up your podcast, but it's okay. <laughs> well, is it sometimes the be- the most honest answer is to say, I don't know. And yeah, right. there is that kind of pressure that you feel like you mm. have to come up with something. Yeah. The curse of being an educator, I think. you. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is one of the great burdens. <laughs> oh, um, okay, here we go. So this one comes from Nick and it says, how do you best encourage folk to move their prayer lives beyond monologue into rhythms of dialogue? Yeah. Well, if we just remember that prayer is the ongoing relationship that's being developed. And if you're going to have a relationship developed, dialogue is necessary. The, the difficulty in it is that God is invisible. Right. And uh, seldom does God interact in the dialogue with, you know, booming voices and earthquake, wind, and fire. Uh, now, that does happen sometimes, uh, but for the most part, the still small voice is the means of God's communication. So we have to learn that language, and that takes some patience, some silence, some uh, attentiveness to the the original language says the voice that makes no sound <laughs> and uh and uh, to to see how that is part of the the uh interaction now people are accustomed to the are fairly accustomed 
to the idea that God speaks to us through Scripture. You know, there's, there's an issue before us, and we come to a passage in the Bible that seems to mm-hmm. speak to that. Yes, good. It is the Word of God written, but there's also the Word of God living, the Debar Yahweh. Uh, there's the Kol Yahweh, the voice of God. And we, it's, it's learning to distinguish that voice, and most supremely now, since the Christ event, Jesus, who's alive and present and working among his people through the Spirit to teach us and guide us. What was that song? No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And this, I am always with you. So, if this is the case, and as I've said often, Jesus has not contracted laryngitis. So he does speak with his people, and we can learn the vocabulary of Jesus and how that works. So it's first coming to see that that's a reality, that that can be, and then desiring it. Uh, I like to encourage people to take uh, Thomas Akempis's imitation and it's the third book of the imitation. Now, book it doesn't mean a separate book. It's just like a third like section. A section. In the third section, especially, uh, it's a dialogue between Jesus and the disciple. Mm-hmm. And some translations even have it that way uh, Jesus speaking, the disciple speaking, back and forth. And reading that, I think, gives a a helpful sense. Uh, There's a modern book, Jesus Calling, that Mm. uses that. Mm -hmm. I prefer the older uh, piece, but still. Of course you do. (laughs) 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 I would expect nothing less. So one then just beginning with the awareness that that possibility is there. Right. and And then, moving into that, learning how others have worked with that. Right, right. And then what do I do? Frank Lawbach's little book, Learning the Vocabulary of God, uh, would help people a lot. And he would do the, uh, you know, he, he, his greatest work of uh, literacy uh, method came out of that. He goes, uh, he's riding the bus. Uh-huh. and sees a little child who cannot read. And he says, uh, he writes in his journal, God, is that is that little child that can't read, is that you speaking to me? And so, I mean, it leads him to develop his great work of literacy mm-hmm. for people who cannot read or write. In the story there, how many millions learned to read because of... Oh, gosh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah. He he was the most famous in two third world countries, uh, not so much in the States. And, that, and so then that literacy method that really changed the world for millions of people was born out of prayer on the bus. Right? Yeah. Listening. Just, it was over a period of time. But yeah, 
Uh, would cool. listen and keep watching these things. Is, is that God? Is that you? Yeah. Telling me that this is what I need to be invested in. And, and that's a, a movement, if I go back to the question, from a monologue into rhythms of dialogue. Yeah. That's a good phrase, actually, rhythms of dialogue. It is. And we're learning the language of God in this. Well, was a, a James Nicholas Grew uh, had this prayer, teach me, O divine master, teach me this mute language which says so much. And yeah. it means silent language, and I learn. Mm -hmm. It's why the Elijah story is so helpful for us that, um, you know, when he, when he gets real discouraged and goes, hides in the cave, and, um, and there's this earthquake, God wasn't in the earthquake, the wind, the fire, God wasn't in anything. What he had in his mind was the Moses story on the mountain where God was in earthquake, wind, and fire. Mm -hmm. But then he gets the still small voice. And, uh, and that is learning. He's learning God's vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just have to be earthquake, wind, and fire. Yeah. Learning God's vocabulary. Right. A good yeah. phrase. <laughs> we have lots of other questions. Oh, but, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, but but we're, we're running out of time, so oh, we're going to have oh. to let them sit. But maybe just come back to pause. Any thoughts on Viv's question? <laughs> I'm afraid I'm stumped. You're stumped. All right. Maybe I should reach out to her and let her teach us. Yes. Yeah, that'd be that'd be wonderful if you have a way to. Mm. Yeah, it'd be, <laughs> be fun. Tell her, tell her that uh, we'd like to hear her thoughts on it. <laughs> Sounds good. I wonder if, as we close things out, would you be willing to read that beginning passage in the in the book you wrote on prayer? Oh yeah, because of the image. That's just I'd good. like to. Yeah, yeah because. That happened uh, late at night when I had kind of uh, given up on the project. And here's what I wrote. God has graciously allowed me to catch a glimpse into his heart, and I want to share with you what I have seen. Today, the heart of God is an open wound of love. He aches over our distance and preoccupation. He mourns that we do not draw near to him. He grieves that we have forgotten him. He weeps over our obsession with muchness and manyness. He longs for our presence. And God is inviting you and me to come home to come home to where we belong, to come home to that for which we were created. God's arms are stretched out wide to receive us. God's heart is enlarged to take us in. 
For too long we have been in a far country, a country of noise and hurry and crowds, a country of climb and push and shove, a country of frustration and fear and intimidation. And maybe you can see yourself there, the country of noise and hurry and crowds, the country of climb and push and shove, the country of frustration and fear and intimidation. And God welcomes us home, home to serenity and peace and joy, home to friendship and fellowship and openness, home to intimacy and acceptance and affirmation. We do not need to be shy. God invites us into the living room of his heart where we can put on old slippers and share freely. God invites us into the kitchen of his friendship where chatter and batter mix in good fun. God invites us into the dining room of his strength where we can feast to our heart's delight. God invites us into the study of his wisdom where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all of the questions that we want. God invites us into the workshop of his creativity where can we can be co-laborers with him, working together to determine the outcome of events. God invites us into the bedroom of his rest where new peace is found and where we can be naked and vulnerable and free. It is also the place of deepest intimacy where we know and are known to the fullest. Amen. <laughs> so good. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be with you. Well, there you have it. I want to thank you for helping us with those questions. And up next month, the discipline of fasting. Have a great week. <laughs>